Still Kirby. Lovely check. Kirby! Welcome to Fran Kirby's Fight Club, the podcast dedicated exclusively to all things Chelsea Women's Football Club. I am one of your hosts, Andre Carlisle. I'm a writer at SB Nation's Chelsea blog. We ain't got no history. Um, <laughs> I, I am a, I didn't have anything to do with the name. Um, I'm also a person that can be found on Twitter, probably tweeting way too much. Uh, you can find me at, at not underscore Carlisle. Um, as an aside, you can ask me what happened to my first account, because if you're here uh, following this podcast, podcast, um, it might be a funny story to you. Um, so yeah, and uh, opposite me is the fantastic Miriam Nas. Yeah, I mean, I don't have as many exciting things to talk about when it comes to personal accounts as Carlisle, but you can also find me on Twitter under the handle at mnaz98, and I work with Squawker, do lots of previews, a lot of women's football content where I can kind of sneak it in, and yeah, one of our sort of upcoming projects was working on not just Chelsea Football Club, but obviously the legend that is Fran Kirby. And speaking of the legend Fran Kirby, we we also wanted to say, you know, obviously, thank you for listening. But we also wanted to explain things a little bit. So, Miriam, why Fran Kirby's Fight Club? What is the it about? A million dollar Fran question. Exactly. <laughs> well, to be fair for me, it seems kind of a no-brainer, because especially for me, it's how I got into women's football. I got into um, watching England play and that's where I saw Fran Kirby. And it was before I kind of knew about any of her personal stuff, just knowing her as a player and her skill at, at the number 10 position. And then when I started noticing that she wasn't playing as much when we did sort of qualifiers and even some degree to the World Cup, started wondering, you know, what's what's the problem? She's clearly amazing. She's not being benched. She's not even in the squad. What's going on? And then there was a whole lot of things that you understood from the sidelines about her mum passing away and her personal problems with mental health and the physical toll that that also had on her. And just knowing that she then tries to speak out about that and become an advocate for mental health. And I know we see a lot of it in the men's side of sport. Um, a lot of people talk about mental health there, but we don't really see it much in, on the women's platform. And I think her being an advocate for that made it quite an easy pick. She's clearly an amazing person on the pitch, but she's doing so much more of it. I don't know if you agree, if you've got you know, a different reason. No, so that that is one of those things that, that got to me as well. I mean, obviously, we know Fran Kirby has, been, has already been very much a Chelsea legend. I mean, she won two league doubles. She has a lot of the, uh, um, you know, uh, awards that you could want player of the year. You know, she has, she has a lot of the, she's, she's excelled a lot on the pitch and blue and for Chelsea. So that, that has also been something that's been obviously fantastic, but yeah, it's similar for me. You know, I, I did write um, when, when Fran did the piece with the Players Tribune, uh, where she opened up a lot about her struggles after her mom, you know, suddenly passed. And, you know, she talked about her struggle. She talked about grief, the grief, grief process. And I think that a lot of times athletes um, are looked at very one-dimensionally. You know, you you take that grief and you just excel in the sport as if that's some way to overcome things. And it can be for some, but it also cannot be. It can sometimes be an unhealthy thing. And I think Fran realized that that wasn't going to work for her. And so I really commend her and stepping away. I really commend Chelsea for saying, you know, take as much time as you need. We're here for you. Um, I really commend Emma Hayes for, you know, being in contact with Fran, but not pushing her, letting her kind of go through her own journey with grief. And I think it is very important, um, like you like you mentioned, for mental health, I think it's very important to, to acknowledge what goes on with players 
and not just view them for 90 minutes on the pitch and what they do. Uh, some players, and really all players, deserve a little bit of uh, more humanity than that. And Fran has been very open about it. So um, I did write a piece on that, which you can find on We, we Ain't Got No History. Uh, the sport, you can just type in either uh, We Ain't Got No History or something in uh, What Sports Can't Do is the name of the piece. Um, so you can check that out. Um, but yeah, Fran, Fran is pretty close to my heart because of her accomplishments, but also because I like to, I like to think about athletes as whole people. Um, not just uh, not just one dimensional or two dimensional. Even I like to know who they are. Um, and even though Fran didn't have to explain any of this to us, I'm thankful that she did, uh, and I'm thankful that she's been open with it. I was so distraught <laughs> to learn that she was she had battling she was battling something else early last season with the pericarditis with her heart issue. But I'm so glad that she seems to be fully recovered from that and regaining her form. So I'm excited, whether she never kicks the ball for Chelsea or not. I still think she's a Chelsea legend. And that is why I feel um, pretty close. And, and I, I put her in very high regard. And that is why this is Frank Kirby's fight club. So well, she's, definitely, she's definitely a fighter from what it sounds like. Right, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, and, and the name really uh, was there. It's kind of tongue in cheek, but you know, it also has a per it also has a meaning. So, you know, it's all the people out there. Apologies, it couldn't be your favorite Chelsea player fight club. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're sorry that it couldn't be Fran Kirby, Beth Lang, and Google Wright and Aaron Cuthbert Fight Club. Bit too long uh, <laughs> for the for what we wanted to do. Uh, so we chose Fran Kirby, and, and um, we, we we stand behind it. <laughs> we have compromised, though, because I don't know. I don't we, won't, we won't just be talking about Fran Kirby. You know, we've listened to all you guys, and we will be talking about the entire team, Chelsea as a whole. And it won't be just previews. It will be reviewing games tactical analysis, player profiles, anything controversial that happens to the season, whether it's transfer news and rumours, pretty much all, all the gossip, really. That's true. You guys twisted our arm. We were just going to talk about <laughs> Frank Kirby exclusively, but fine, I guess the rest of the team exists. <laughs> we're forced into, into doing that. <laughs> right. So um, so actually, uh, Miriam mentioned it, and we're going to do a quick you know, kind of preview, introduce you to the squad, talk about some of the outgoing and coming players, uh, and come of our our expectations you know so we'll set this up and next week we'll get into an actual match and reviewing that but um you know starting out we're going to look at players who left chelsea um over the summer uh so outgoing players we had uh forward adeline Ingman, who was who who left uh anita asante who's a, a defensive midfielder and ramona bachman who could play in the 10 role play on the wing um really just a dribbling machine she was she's she's pretty fun to watch but she is off to psg um of all places so that's uh that's fun for her um but um in terms of the players impact last season uh chelsea did kind of have a slow start i think it seemed like emma hayes wanted to you know kind of control matches in the more conventional way and uh so um engman had to come on as a sub against brighton and score a stoppage time winner to preserve a point uh, and so that was a little bit of an alarming thing. If you kind of look at Chelsea and, and what the expectations are, no slate against Brighton, but that was something that was kind of unexpected uh, for Chelsea to have to do. Uh, but she scored that goal. She also started our debut match against Spurs uh, because Aaron Cuthbert was still recovering from an injury she picked up uh, in the World Cup. Uh, so uh, Engman Mull did have a little role, but those were the only two matches she featured in for the rest of the season. The biggest miss will probably be Ramona Bachman. Um, 
she did she started a lot of matches she actually started a lot of matches in the league early uh and then she was kind of resigned to kind of cup duties you know getting us through some of those you know teams that you're kind of quote unquote expected to beat um she's she's a really good playmaker she's a really good dribbler she's kind of impossible to defend 1v1 so she does create problems for defense and so just kind of having her to rely on well well I think out of the three will definitely be the biggest miss what do you think yeah I do agree I think the sort of skills that she possesses in a team that's very much focused on attack I think having her in the side has allowed them sort of to provide that physicality whenever they're attacking especially on the wing I do feel like her going to PSG will sort of it will be a miss for the team because when we had her we were able to really as like you mentioned those games where we really needed to push through and get a win she was able to do that she is very much the playmaker and she's very tenacious in that sense so I do feel like out of the big three she will be the one that we will miss a lot but when it comes to the other two it's a bit more different because we mentioned it before when we were speaking before recording it says a lot about how Emma Hayes really wants the team to progress forward she's brought in quite a lot of midfield presence and it says a lot about how she wants to move the team forward what do you think you think it's sort of similar in terms of having let go of those players and bringing in something a bit more substantial in the middle of the park yeah I think and that's one of those uh one of those interesting things in, in looking at who are the players that were brought in um because you kind of you, you kind of clearly see a, a strategy there right I think there ultimately there are three uh the only one that kind of seemed like an opportunistic was Neve Charles from Liverpool Liverpool mm. got relegated I'm gonna say that again Liverpool got relegated it's crazy from the WSL yeah it's ridiculous there there's actually a really good athletic piece uh piece in the athletic about how uh liverpool kind of treated their women's team as second-rate citizens is what i think what the kind of the tagline of that piece is and it's pretty damning um what they did and what they allowed to happen to that team i know they they thought they probably were because it was adjudged instead of them they didn't have an opportunity to fight it fight against it on the pitch um to make sure they weren't the bottom team but when the season ended they were and um yeah so whatever about them but uh but Neve Charles ended up getting out of there she became available and uh and Chelsea plucked her out of there she's a 21 year old winger kind of interesting an interesting player very young uh obviously but um she's another one of those wide players I mean I know we've lost Sparkman but and she's quite young in that sense but watching her play for Liverpool on the flanks was quite interesting yeah so it'll be interesting obviously it'll be different um it'll kind of be a, a thing for her to get adapted and acclimated to playing uh for or Chelsea and again some of the players that Chelsea has versus the players that Liverpool have uh so she'll have to get up to speed there but from all accounts and Emma Hayes has spoken about it that it's been you know it's it's been tough for her but she's a fighter and she's grinding and she's doing um and, and she's she's standing out a little bit so that is good to hear um and she's and like I said she's young and she's a very good player so it's not like we just kind of got her because she was there we got her because she's a good player and has some pretty big upside what I want to talk to you about though are the other two these were these were these were definitely the planned <laughs> signings yeah and they're both really really interesting and really really good midfielders Melanie probably is the one that excites me the most just just from her background from the Bundesliga I mean this is a very you know not just a good player but somebody who brings a lot of experience and she's got I mean a lot of Bundesliga titles and as captain as well behind her she's got a lot of skills that she brings to the center of the park and like you mentioned before it says a lot about how Emma Hayes wants to refine the centre of the park in the midfield that she already has. And if, you know, with, with Neem being brought in and then having someone like Melanie in the middle of the park, 
next to Fleming's, which we can talk about in a little bit, it just sort of shows a bit more class, you could even say, and a bit more professionalism, because I feel like last season, um, having a, such an attack-heavy midfield, it just meant we were piling forward and scoring goals, and it, it was obviously a successful method, but you then compare that to how other teams like Arsenal and Manchester City are using their midfield and utilising it in a more tactical and a more smarter way. It just sort of brings a lot of experience, I think, into the place where we don't have enough. Yeah, and that's one of those interesting things that uh, we, we mentioned. Uh, we were talking about this before, talking about uh, Chelsea before we started recording, is that it seemed like Emma Hayes went, you know, early in the season. She was like, all right, we're going to just put on, you know, put the put forward a balanced team. We're going to try and control midfield. Drew Spence uh, started a, a few games, quite a few games, uh, lined up next to uh, Sophie Engel. And then eventually, Emma Hayes just said, all right, I'm just going to put every ridiculous attacker that I have on the pitch. We're going to put Sophie Engel at the base and we're just going to see what happens. What happened was they were extremely fun to watch. (laughs) They scored a ton of goals, but against, you know, bigger teams, particularly against Manchester City, and we'll we'll get into them more next week since the Community Shield is coming up, but um, those matches were a track meet because we really didn't have a mechanism to control midfield. And with these two sightings, um, it seems like that has really been the focus of Emma Hayes and bringing in players who are very different and very unique and very skilled um, in a way that we don't currently have or didn't currently have or didn't then have on the roster. Uh, and Jesse Fleming's another one. She's she's incredibly young, but she's one of those like just prodigy players. She just, she's just a box-to-box, ridiculous, mm. solid midfielder who is very composed, loves moving the ball, um, has really great vision and really get great technique to be able to find the space. She, she debuted for now it's Canada. All right. Yeah. But <laughs> Canada is still a formidable enough team. They were in the world cup. Uh, she made her debut with Canada at 15 years old. And in the 2019 world cup, she played every single minute for, for Canada. She is one of those very, very interesting. I called her a prodigy because she really is. And, um, you know, she also played for UCLA, which in America, you know, the, 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 system is a little bit different in how we do things over here. Um, I could talk a lot about how <laughs> it's not great, but but for what we did have, we had her on the pitch and got to see a lot of her for UCLA and just the way that she controls, you know, the game. And obviously she won't be up against collegiate competition, but she also, you know, made her, her, her international debut for a reason. And she's been around on the international stage for a reason. So she is such an interesting player to me because if she continues to develop and she can find a way to translate her game to the professional level, that will be really, really interesting. Um, I, I guess I'll ask you, what do you think with Melanie and Jesse coming in, what do you think that kind of signals in terms of perhaps formation? Um, I guess, how different do you think the team might look or how different do you think they might play from last year? Well, I think you mentioned the formation because we've gone from a team very sort of focused on counterattacking, of passing between the lines, of having that link up play between players, whether it's Beth England or Sam Kerr, and now you go to having ball carries and what I mean by that is much more possession-based football I mean just from the stuff that I saw from going online looking at these players these are players who are very capable of taking the ball forward in a more controlled and a much more sort of tactical manner I think it's very smart from Hayes perspective like she mentioned somewhere I must have read it online talking about her rivals and saying um you know the transfers that they made are clearly focused on moving forward. And I think she's kind of taken that herself. It says a lot about her wanting to take the team forward in a much more refined way. You know, we're not just piling forward and, you know, giving our entire attack, you know, every single chance to go and score. We're 
trying to find those lines and a more seamless way of playing and all those different channels and passes. And I think that's something that Fran Kirby actually provides so well. And not having her in the team, we've kind of missed that. But now that we're bringing in players like Jesse Fleming and um, Charles and Nina Melanie, we've got players who are capable of doing that around Kirby. I think that just makes for a much more powerful attack and one that's really hard to defend against. Unless, you know, unless you're like pressing really, really hard and you know, manage to sort of gain possession rather up the field, which I don't think, I don't think in women's football, especially maybe in the WSL, I don't think pressing and getting pressing as we see in men's sport is a kind of big thing. But that is that is one way of stopping the side that's possession based. And I think if Chelsea and Emma Hayes and the players should bring in um, the two midfielders should bring in are able to cultivate that successfully, I think it's going to make it really hard to suppress or to nullify or even stop attacking movements in the same way you can when you've got loads of attacking players just charging forward. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things that, about Fleming that I think is very interesting because she covers a lot of ground. When mm. it, like she's really a genuine box to box midfielder. She will she has no problem going anywhere on the pitch and getting involved and and doing what she in uh, trying to progress play, trying to press other players. She is really really good. So if she can translate that, it'll be great. And I think it just goes to what you said. Um, I also think that you touched on something very, very important in terms of noting the difference between this season and uh, this upcoming season and the last one. I think that what Emma Hayes kind of had to do because we didn't expect to miss Fran Kirby. You know, we had her for four matches. She started two in the league and she came off the bench in two. She had three assists in those appearances, by the way. So she really, you know, played extremely well, like we were like we were used to her playing, but it was sudden and we didn't have her for the rest of the season. And trying to figure out how to progress the ball, uh, how to do all those little things that Fran does in terms of building um, links from midfield into attack, all those little, you know, maneuvers, all those pockets of space that you find, even being able to dribble around or through a defense, um, it took a little bit to be able to figure all that out. And I think the solution to that was throw on all our attackers, kind of rotate every now and then Aaron Cuthbert went into the middle and did it every now and then you had Beth England drop deeper, a little bit deeper and do it. Um, and it worked out brilliantly. But like you said, I do think that there is that that was something that was um, kind of a break glass in case of emergency <laughs> instead of that shouldn't really be your everyday game plan, especially against teams like Manchester City and perhaps going into the Champions League. Um, one other thing that I feel like we have to note because we haven't talked about her yet is that obviously the biggest signing that Chelsea made came in January of 2020 and Scottish superstar Jamie Lee Napier coming into the all right I'm sorry Jamie she didn't deserve that subscribers are gonna love it (laughs) obviously it's Sam Kerr so tell me a little bit about what you saw when Sam Kerr got into the squad I mean we didn't get to see her a whole lot but she does have you know she's clearly not going to replace Bethany England because Bethany England went nuclear so it's going to be them (laughs) two learning how to work together so what do you think you said it I think perfectly I think they had to learn to work together and I think they learned very very quickly they found out okay we can't both sort of be pushing up when one of them pushes forward Sam Carlton does that Beth England is very capable of dropping in behind and bringing possession and just completely switching everything and straight like you mentioned in Hulk mode kind of attack and even in when it's sort of crossing and whether it's passing or playing in the flanks, they just have a very good, solid relationship. The only thing that kind of troubles me is I often felt like from some of the big games that sometimes both of them seem to go forward and it doesn't provide that there's sort of a gap left in behind that, like I mentioned, Kirby would normally fill that gap or we need, we wouldn't need a midfield player who's able to carry that ball and bring it forward. And so I feel like there's still a lot of sort of things in the relationship to solidify and to strengthen. But from what I've seen, it's just, although they work together, you can't stop either of them. They both are still scoring separately. I mean, Beth England, she's won 
so many awards this season. She's got her own sort of goal-scoring record away from the fact that she can also work with, with Sam Clare up front. So I feel like from what we've seen, it's it just all looks like there's only one way up. And although there are little sort of kinks to iron out, it doesn't seem like there's anything that's going to be too problematic ahead of next season. I don't know if you agree, if you think there's another sort of issue here. No, I certainly agree. And it, and it seems like, and obviously I have a, we have a pretty distant view, you know, neither, none of us, neither of us are in trading or anything, but it seems like they get along well and they get along well on the pitch. I think one of the, one of the, one of the best highlights, and I think we retweeted it from our, uh, from, from our um, podcast account was that, you know, um, Sam Kirk kind of runs up or what was it? It was a Bethany England who gave, who headed the ball, um, beyond to Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr runs onto it and does a back heel in the space yeah. that Bethany England kind of swerved into. And then she took it around the keeper. Like, if they're going to do that, <laughs> you know, if they're going to run off of each other, if they're going to play off of each other, um, no club in women's football has the caliber of strikers of those two working in tandem. So, like, that's really exciting. But we have to see it. Like you said, they do have to work out kinks and figure out what to do against certain defenses and the way that they're going to be, you know, they're both going to be the focus, obviously, of, of any defense as they should be. Um, and we're also going to have to figure out, you know, for, for those crosses from Guru doing crosses from the left, are they both going to be making the same run? You know, what, what are their instincts there? So I think there's still a lot to be worked on. But when they're on and when they're playing with each other and kind of seeing what they can do together, um, yeah, they can create some ridiculous goals. And it's wild that they already have created one that will pretty much probably always be in the highlight package. <laughs> um, so one thing I wanted to one, want to talk to you real quick about is um, kind of your season outlook, you know, the team versus we touched on a little bit of how they play, but what do you think they'll look like, you know, and what do you think they can achieve this season, both in the WSL and in the Champions League, since we're finally back where we belong in European competition? Well, I already think that just from sort of the transfer stuff we've spoken about and the signings that Emma has made, I feel like it's already a step forward from last season. Last season was good. It was, you know, let's not beat around the bush. It was pretty good. But like we mentioned, there were still things that, that were problematic. The approach that they were taking when it comes to tactical and formational analysis. The fact that, you know, Kirby wasn't playing a lot. The fact that the front two really kind of struggled sometimes in bigger games to be able to connect. But now I feel like having a more possession-based style of football as rivals teams have shown, like Manchester City, Arsenal, they do that quite a lot, especially in counter-attacking. I think Chelsea adopting that, I think it's going to be even worse for their rivals because even though it might be a similar way of attacking, they've got the players to, to really level up this season. And that's why I think that having the likes of Fleming and Neem and Melanie in, in, in the sort of centre of the park, providing that insight and allowing Beth England and Sam Kerr to push forward is, is just going to mean more goals, more attacking chances creating more charges into the final third it can only mean sort of good things to happen the only thing I really worry about and maybe we haven't touched about this enough um is defensively we haven't sort of I feel like last season it was quite hard again 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 in big games especially when I saw us play against Arsenal um central defense seems to be quite a problem and I don't know whether Emma Hayes is going to invest in that because she obviously seems to put quite a lot of emphasis on the center of the park but I do feel like it's a weakness at the moment in, in the team and it's not just a weakness that the likes of Manchester City and Arsenal can expose. It's a weakness the likes of PSG, Barcelona, Wolfsburg can also expose now that we're in the Champions League. Now, facing Lyon, I mean, I don't feel like Lyon have been the team that they were. But even then, the, the depth of squad they have, Lucy Bronze, up front of Katoto and all the other players they're signing, it just gives makes them sort of appear as a class above the other teams. Chelsea will kind of maybe have to fight with being the best of the rest. I mean, 
And even in saying that, Barcelona, they've just signed her mercy. I mean, the Spanish wizard. I mean, at least I think she's a Spanish wizard. Or the witch, I should say. The Spanish witch. Um, all these other sort of big European clubs are signing so many players. And then you look at Chelsea and they're also signing players. But I don't know whether or not it's smart in the sense of not having invested defensively. I think it's a real weakness for us where we might be strong against those other teams in the centre of the park and up front with having, you know, a strike force like Kerr and Bethany England defensively is where we might be undone and I really do hope that that's not the case but it's a reality we have to kind of we really have to talk about it because if we don't then you know it's just it's just not something we want to see happen I mean I don't know if you think the same defensively what do you feel if we're lacking yeah, def- or if there's anything <laughs> yeah defensively I, I have the same concerns I, I do think uh you know the the partnership that uh you know Millie Bright has with Magda Erickson is is really good I think that's strong but I also think that the outside backs aren't aren't always up to a standard that you see in some of the other top clubs you know like you mentioned Leon has Lucy Bronze which actually uh Manchester City is bringing her in for next I know, season I saw that. Uh, I'm so annoyed yeah so everyone yeah I wish you just like stay in Leon let us fight let us play you like once not not twice in the league so the Manchester City women's team is becoming like the Manchester City men's team yeah, so we'll talk about that later. But I, I, in in terms of our outside backs, I do think that it's a little, it is a little concerning. Um, they Chelsea can definitely, and good teams can definitely figure that out. And I think that even our three three against Manchester City, they figured that out pretty quickly yeah. uh, and figured out where where to attack. And they really didn't do a whole lot, but just punting the ball into those channels because there was nothing we could do about it. Um, so that is still a, a bit of a weakness. And like you mentioned, I don't think that you know certain. Teams teams, you know, mid-table and below teams in the WSL are going to be able to do a whole lot about that. But in the Champions League against some of these other teams, they can, they definitely can exploit that weakness. Uh, I think one way to cover for it is to control midfield. So I think the midfielders will help, but I don't think that they have completely removed, obviously, that that concern. So I also don't think Emma Hayes is done building the squad. So I think perhaps for this season, yes, but I don't think she is for, you know, the, the, the next season and, and beyond. So I do expect them to address that in some measure, some way. Uh, would be very interesting to see if they don't get the results they want, if they try to do something again for January. Um, I don't know uh, what they might do or what's even possible then, but I do know that the NWSL, um, I, I do cover the Washington Spirit for the NWSL, and we, we're kind of in limbo right now. We don't really know if they've played their last matches in 2020 and are just going to look ahead for a 2021 season. If that's the case, some sort of short-term loan option, uh, if it's possible to work out, might really help to strengthen in the squad, especially for some uh, an outside back or two um, to kind of get somebody else in there. So that could be a possibility if a player is looking to play um, sometime before 2021, uh, spring 2021. Um, so it is a possibility. But I also wanted to mention, like you said, <laughs> this is said a lot in, in football, you know, like a new signing, right? <laughs> I really think Fran Kirby is because, you know, I Unfortunately, she hasn't she hasn't really played in a system in, in this kind of system. She hasn't played at all with um, well, apart from a couple of appearances, a handful of appearances with with Google Wrights and, you know, our, our left winger. Um, she's barely kind of played with Bethany England in this role and she's never played with Sam Kerr. So you do have, you know, her not only getting used to her teammates, but them getting used to her and what she does and mm. how she can make their job easier. Because Yeah, and I do think that her her playing the role sort of the role of ball carry and providing possession will mean that Beth England doesn't have to come back deep in and pick up the ball and then turn and instigate those counterattacks. If if Frank Kirby is the one who's doing that, you have Beth England playing much higher and then Sam Kerr 
being in a much more sort of central role, he just kind of bolstered the attack by giving the midfield more presence. And like you said, without even having to mention any of the new signings, it's it's somebody we already have. Yeah. So in the WSL, what do you think? You know, they were unbeaten uh, last season. Do you think they can do that again? Um, and if they don't, would you view that as a disappointment? Tough question. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't talk about this one before. They <laughs> <laughs> so. put on the spot. Uh, this is good. This is good practice. Without, I mean, without having to mention them too much. I mean, we already mentioned them too much. The team that I think could possibly undo us is Manchester City, and I just think that all the summer signings they're making and even something that Emma Hayes picked up on, you can tell there's a lot of pressure in trying to combat that. It's already sort of building and brewing that this this summer for the players they're bringing in from Lucy Bonds to Sam Mewis, potentially Rose Lavelle. If they bring in Rose Lavelle, then that's it, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just packing away my thing. But, As somebody who covers the Washington Spirit, I might be done too. So this might be a short-lived podcast <laughs> if, <laughs> if something one happens. One episode, we'll go down in history. One episode, one But... but Again, without having to mention them too much, I just feel like that team that's doing, they're basically doing what Chelsea are looking to do, but they're doing that right now. The possession-based football with the various sort of in-depth midfield they have and the interchangeable midfield they have. It's something that Chelsea are trying to do and they're already very experienced in that. So there's one team that could potentially outdo Chelsea in that respect. Um, Arsenal potentially, but even last season what we saw, while Arsenal are great on the attack, going back the other way, they're not so much. So if there is a team, I think it will be Manchester City. And would I be disappointed if it was the case? I don't think I would be because, I mean, you can tell that this is a squad that's slowly growing and developing from what we saw last season to what we are seeing in this sort of period of reflection. You can tell that Chelsea are trying to find a way that works for their players and they're really, um, they're really bringing in players to help allow the squad to grow and sort of emphasis on a different style of football to really reach the Champions League. It's something that I think we must have spoken over in text Every single player you speak to or you hear from, whether it's nads or online, they all talk about the Champions League. It's something they want to win and they cannot stop talking about it. So you can tell there's a, there's a general sort of air of wanting to win and wanting to win trophies this season. And I think if we lose a few games and win a few more trophies, I wouldn't, you know wouldn't be the end of the world for me yeah that that is really funny and and every single you know Chelsea did a lot of contract extensions for some (laughs) some big players and in every single video they posted it's almost like they're they're talking from a script they all mention Champions League we should have been in it that was one point now that we're in it we want to go win it and it's like obviously those are things that players that everybody would want to say but it was almost like the exact same language verbatim it was really hilarious But uh, that's all for now. Uh, thank you for um, the for listening to the debut, the flagship episode. Of, <laughs> man, I don't think that's flagship. I think I used that wrong. Whatever. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fran Kirby's Fight Club. Get excited for the season. The team was incredible last season. Um, we think that through some personal growth, uh, some collective growth, and some new signings, they're going to be really, really interesting and really, really fun to watch this season as well. Next week, we will preview the Community Shield, which is the first Women's Community Shield since 2008. I think we can both say, um, don't let that happen again, F.A. Um, (laughs) That's way too long to go. In fact, one year is too long to go. 12? Come on now. Uh, But anyway, we'll preview that against Manchester City later. Until then, I'm Andre Carlisle. She's... Marion. (laughs) And he did some some prompting for that one. I forgot my own name. I was like, hold on. What is it? Um, And it is? I said Marion. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was like... Uh, I missed it. You see, you guys anyway, we'll talk stuff. to you. Yeah, yeah indeed. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>